to all of our American friends. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our Canadian friends. Please stay safe out there. It's Black Friday. I'm Andrew Fantasia. This is Ryan J. Marvel, and he's going to kick your butt at Marvel Snap. So if you face him, be warned. What's your Marvel Snap name so that people know when they're fighting you? Crusader. Crusader. All right. And mine is Infinity Rewatch. So if you can't remember that, So folks... genius. So <laughs> genius. How are you, Crusader? Oh, man. Sorry? How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you so much. Yes, it's Black Friday weekend for us Canadians out there. And yes, happy Thanksgiving to our Americans who also have just crazy good deals going on right now as well. Um, yeah, just Black Friday is always a crazy time. I I have nothing but sympathy for uh, and, and just pure uh, pride for anyone who's working retail right now because it's just insane. But to be fair, it's a bit more manageable than it used to be because when I used to do it, it was like wall to wall packed with people mm. and it was it was just just crazy. But yeah, it's it's that time. Now, of course, it's also the time of year of uh, good holiday content, which which, br which is what brings us here today, because today, what are we talking about, sir? The Flintstones meet the Jetsons and ho, 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 Bedrock Express. That's not a real <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> Although they did meet, and it is a good movie that when they meet. It is. It's very endearing. They all become friends, and I love it a lot. But uh, they're not in this episode, as far as I can tell. The Easter eggs are fast and furious. So I don't know. Maybe Barney Rubble's in the background somewhere. <laughs> but no, we saw the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which dropped today on Disney+. Plus. Um, a quick bit of business before we dive into the special uh, technical business. I noticed... On the last two-ish, maybe more, but definitely in the last two episodes of the show, uh, I got to apologize. My audio was sounding pretty bad, and I think I figured out the reason. I think I stupidly had the the camera that you got me, Ryan. I think I stupidly had it covering my own microphone. My, my oh so no! I was I was getting a lot of like weird stuff, and I'm listening. I'm like, I don't normally sound that bad on this show. <laughs> I mean, I know my my audio quality is never you know next level, but I don't sound that bad. And I think it was because of this. So I have moved my camera um, away, hopefully from the mic. And here's hoping that this sounds much better on everybody's ears because in the holiday season, you want some coziness pouring into your ears, some warmth. You don't want static. Honestly, you sounded fine to me. You sounded fine to me, which is weird. It's so strange, man. But I hope the problem has been solved because we got bigger mm. problems, namely Star-Lord is sad. Good mm. Christmas. This Honestly, this is these special presentations are interesting. I, I mean, Werewolf by Night set a bar that's like really hard to beat. Uh, and this holiday special is kind of an interesting gem because, first of all, there is some emotion behind this in the sense of like this is the second last James Gunn project uh, before he moves on to the wonderful world of DC, which. Uh, we might have to do a DC Infinity Rewatch after uh, James Gunn takes over, which will be interesting. <laughs> um, uh, we'll have to bring on some guests for that one because my knowledge is not nearly as good as others. Uh, in our The whole show should just be you faking the knowledge. Let <laughs> me see how far we can get. You can be like, yes, Andrew, uh, when Clark Kent became Batman, um, he... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah let's just throw salt at the audience as we're doing it just, here you go uh but yeah no i but yeah it'll be curious to see when james gunn takes over but it's a bit of a bittersweet emotional moment because um yeah it's it's james gunn's second last project of guardians and he even said and i quote like i am fully committed to guardians until like volume three is out yeah volume three's out i'm done that's it i'm moving on and so, and and the other thing too is this is like a Marvel holiday special. Like this is a this is a Christmas experience, which is also you know, uh, these are always um, these kind of movies have a lasting impression. So it's it's a it's an adventure for sure. <laughs> it is, and I think it's funny. I don't know if this was by design that it happened to come out today because I got uh, one of those Facebook things today, Ryan, that says, "Hey, Andrew." Here's your post from a year ago. And it was our episode on Hawkeye episodes. I think episodes one and two, because I think they dropped on the same day. Yeah. Um, so Hawkeye started on the same day. And that was also a Christmassy, very Christmassy uh, show. 
so warm and cozy that Hawkeye show. So uh, they they go hand in hand. We are now at our, on our second Marvel Christmas thing, maybe third if you count Iron Man three because there was a lot of yeah. Christmas Iron Man three. But yeah. uh, and I think that for what it is, because again these specials are still uncharted waters, but for what it is, James Gunn did a great job of a making it a Christmas special or a holiday special right. and B serving as kind of two things, kind of like an epilogue to Endgame slash a prologue to volume three. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny you bring that up because the promo for this is kind of bizarre. Um, leading up to this, when, when it was announced that it was being made, uh, I'd say about somewhere between the announcement and six months later, uh, and maybe into production a little bit, James Gunn confirmed this has nothing to do with the MCU. And I kind of see where that's true, but I also see where this is very false. Because the first thing I saw when this show came out today, which, fun fact, I totally forgot that this show came out today. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the interesting thing here is that uh, it the first post I saw about the holiday special today said that this takes place after werewolf by night. So this is like very current events. So I'm like, but I thought I had nothing to do with the MCU. Like, it's just kind of like a pocket of storytelling, much like what if kind of thing, which is very bizarre, but that's not the case. This, this is very much part of the MCU, you know, mm -hmm. I feel, but it's, it's like, again, you know, you look at, all these major events that happen that drive the whole universe's story forward. This is kind of like a Monday of that big event. Like, you know, you do some big thing on the weekend. This is like the Monday and like, <laughs> and then they, you get into it that way. So the, so yeah, so that was the first thing that was interesting to me. And um, the second thing is they do introduce a character who is going to play a bigger role it, well, they reintroduce a character that's going to play a big role in Volume 3, which is Cosmo. Yes, and Cosmo, she is good girl. She does tricks for treats. Everybody, exactly. they love Cosmo. Uh, I, I, thought, I forgot um, that we had seen Cosmo earlier as well. And yeah. when, her, <laughs> when this came on and she showed up, I was like, this is an anticlimactic way to introduce this character. She's just there putting up decorations. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't her introduction. We've seen Cosmo before. Twice. So yeah. Oh, what was the second time? Was she in uh, volume two? In volume two, yeah. Oh, I don't even remember her in volume two. That's I think amazing. it's brief. I think it's very brief in volume two. Like it's very small. Okay. So Cosmo's been around. She's a dog yeah. who's seen some things. Uh, but you're right. This I I'm curious what James Gunn was on about. Maybe he was just trolling us when he said that. I didn't hear him, I didn't hear that interview where he said it wasn't gonna be part of the story. Cause this sets up a lot of lore. Uh, I mean, apart from like, you know, you got small things like Cosmo, you got small things like Kraglin is still learning to use the arrow and they have another ship, a very cool looking ship called the Bowie. And, yeah. you know, that's just there now. But a big thing is the Guardians of the Galaxy own nowhere now. They bought it yes. from the collector who, I guess that means, right? He's still alive. Thanos didn't kill him. Uh, no, I, well, did they specifically say that they bought it from the collector? Yeah. Then yes, I guess he's still alive, Isn't which actually, odd? no, that makes sense because it's it, maybe, maybe the conversation that, mm -hmm. that he had in infinity war with Thanos was the actual conversation and he throws him into a jail like he did. Right, right, but he's probably somewhere else in the collector's thing. Yeah, so the jail, like you're saying, the jail thing was real. We just saw like, an illusion created of it, but he actually wasn't prison. He wasn't killed. Yeah, right. They're, he's kind of like replaying them getting there as if they caught him doing it in in real time. Kind of. Yes. Thing, right? Yeah, that makes total sense, and that means yeah. Ryan, if he's alive. Can we please see him get together with his brother Jeff Goldblum and the two of them 
just have a scene too. That can be that can be the next one, the the Thanksgiving special where it's just them having Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to a Thanksgiving. Oh, oh of course. Uh, uh, try the uh, veal chop. Right? Like, come on, forty minutes of that. Please. I, you know, I would like to see that. I mean, that would be really. I would just love to see Benicio del Toro and Jeff Goldblum share a screen. Like mm-hmm. it's just biz- just bizarre. Like that would just be bizarre. Uh, <laughs> but it would be so fascinating to watch. Um, so yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah. So okay. So yeah. The and it was funny too because Isabella and I had that moment of like, oh my god, this is nowhere. Like this is this is nowhere the place. Now, a couple funny things I got to point out here. First of all, the music left much to be desired for. <laughs> the music, yeah. the music throughout this entire movie, except for like maybe one song, maybe one or two songs, but they weren't like performance songs. They were just like background music songs. Were like good. Like there's a Smashing Pumpkins, I think, Christmas song in there that was really good, and there is another fun one, another fun Christmas song in there at the club that they went to. Um, but yeah, the music. <laughs> music performances in this were so disney and so weird i did not like isabella and i did probably like we just didn't enjoy them as much as other people may have but like like even the band was that like an actual famous band like do we even know that i don't know that is a band um they their name was in the credits they're called like the 87s or something like that Uh, okay Um, that's yeah and james gunn is just a big fan of them so he put them in uh, and I mean, that's sort of at this point we gotta expect from James Gunn. He has very deep cut music tastes, so of course you know somebody will come up and we'll be like, "Who the hell is that?" And he'll be like, "That's the greatest alternative funk Swedish band since you know, like because he just knows this stuff." <laughs> um, I was I did not hate the music here. The first but, song but has funny moments. The first like, song it, does have funny moments. Yeah. I just I feel like both of the musical performances both the first one and then the kevin bacon one they just they overstayed their welcome a bit because i'm like okay i know we've only got like 40 minutes the song's still going huh okay yeah. okay well so <laughs> i i didn't hate it i was just like well it's a lot of time we could have spent on other characters but okay so you know yeah it, it uh, the last song was oh god I don't know yeah the, the last song definitely overstayed its welcome and then trying to integrate like a montage sequence in it was like <laughs> but the the if you take away that for a minute the story is pretty fun uh, there yes. Mantis really takes the lead in this one and she is funny like she is funny I we uh, Isabel and I actually had like a, a gut wrenching like buster gut laughing moment when when at the very beginning like drax is like oh you know we could have given him the the zug nuts but uh, you ate them all and she's like enough with the zug nuts! <laughs> like that was actually really funny to us and we had a good laugh there uh but yeah the, the comedic writing in this one was really really top notch and mantis was really in the front of it like she was in the front of this movie the whole and i was like wondering myself like where was this in the other movies like where was this mantis like the first the in this in volume two i know she's kind of getting her bearings but in like infinity war and endgame yes i understand it's such a ensemble cast but in infinity war like i don't know she could have had a little more humor there like because like this one she's hilarious and she like she's fun to watch through the entire thing look i'm sure there's a three and a half hour cut of infinity war where she gets a lot more lines and i think Mm. has it been like 100 percent confirmed that in love and thunder a lot of their stuff was cut too right oh yeah, yeah so you're right this is the first time we got to see mantis unleashed and it's brilliant. Um, it's so good. She the, had so I, many moments. Yeah, it's too bad that we had to wait this long. But at least I think we can rest easy knowing that Volume Three is going to still keep shining light on her. Like she's still going to be a big presence. Because you're right. In mm-hmm. Volume Two, she had to get to know everyone. They didn't necessarily trust her or like her. Gamora was ready to beat her up. 
right? So she had to kind of work her way into their trust and befriend Drax and all that. And thankfully now the two of them have this dynamic where we can focus this whole special on Drax and Mantis. Mm. And not only does it work as like this buddy road trip kind of thing, but they're perfect for each other for something like this. And if all I can say is if we don't get an action figure of Mantis with the candy cane, we have failed as a species. Just, <laughs> if, if Hasbro yeah. does not make that as a Marvel Legends toy, then Hasbro, you've got to just turn mm-hmm. in your toy maker card right now and give it to people who care. That's like- <laughs> well, it's funny with, it's funny with uh, Drax in this because Drax's performance literally since the first Guardians movie was like, it just hit. It like just went super hard, super fast, and it's just maintained. I don't mean this in a bad way too, but his comedic performance is maintained mm-hmm. all the way through, and he's been nothing but consistently funny every scene he's every scene he's in. Um, and like this one, there are some solid funny moments with him too. I think the one that got me the most was when he was being shot at with the bullets, and he's laughing so hard that's going to make him pee. Like that just. <sighs> I just literally bust my gut. I love um, when he was beating the shit out of the GoBot. <laughs> oh yeah, beating the guy. <laughs> and what did Mantis say that a GoBot killed his family or something? Yeah, I think a GoBot killed his parents. But I just love that. You know, it comes at the end of this montage. So clearly, he has been told not to do that. But the second Mantis is busy taking selfies and takes her eye off, yeah, him, it's just like he's beating up this poor soul. <laughs> So it's it's a fun it's a really fun concept and it's kind of cool to see again kind of get a little more of an intimate view of nowhere. Um, yeah, and the band thing was just weird. And yeah, Star Lord moping around like really the one scene where they talk about he's upset because Gamora's gone. That was like a split second. They didn't even give you time for him to really ruminate on like what where is Gamora? Like what happened to her? Well, I'll do and, you one better. Who is Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, no. So, but like that's the thing. Like the like the, this goes back to the trail. My kind of issue with the trailers right now is like they kind of build up that like, oh yeah, we're gonna get some little bit of information of like where's Gamora. Um, but that's like that's not in this. Like that one question is literally all we get. Like we just know she's not around. Uh, the other cool thing I will say about this movie that that starts off here a little bit to get a little bit of story backstory with Star Lord here, but I love that they did in a cartoon style. Kind of reminds yeah. me of like, kind of reminds me of like Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, kind of like a nice little cameo or one of the Easter egg nods, I should say. But you know, it's not that it you know it's not that it's completely separate from the holiday special extravaganza that is Star Wars, but it it's it's kind of a nice ode to christmas movies that kind of start off as a cartoon and then go into something real which is really nice yeah it looked like the old ralph bakshi animation too it had just that weird stilted quality to it like uh, yeah there's a look that young peter gives at the end when he's sitting in the cockpit with yondu and he just kind of he looks at yondu and then he looks out the window and he's just like <laughs> and it's, it's the way they move and i i love that it's so adorable um and having that be the start of it beautiful way to really put you in the holiday mood right because yeah. it's if you if you open cold right on nowhere they can put up all the decorations they want but it's it's not gonna hit the same way as if you started a cartoon uh you know what the gamora thing didn't even occur to me uh like i I know that that's a plot point that's happening. And when I saw Quill looking forlorn, you know, I figured, okay, yeah, he misses her. That makes sense. Um, but honestly, man, as soon as Mantis dropped her bomb, I was not thinking about Gamora for the rest of the special because I was like, that is so cool mm-hmm. and so wonderful that this, this revelation comes about. Uh, to the point where, like, not to jump ahead too fast, but when we get to the end and she tells Peter, I was getting choked up, man. I was really having a moment there. Like, that was beautiful stuff. And it makes sense. Of course Ego would do that. He was he was dirty, of course. He's <laughs> sowing his oats all over the place. 
<laughs> you and your way of words, man. Uh, but yeah, no, that was an interesting twist as well. Um, giving the relationship that they're brother and sister. I mean, it kind of begs to question, you know, it kind of begs to question how they're going to throw the high evolutionary into, uh, into this because the high evolutionary in the comics, he's like, he's like essentially the equivalent of an eternal. That's what he is. Uh, not exactly an eternal, but he's the equivalent of one. Uh, but his relationship in the comics is to Mount Wondergore, uh, where there are these, you know, half human, half animal kind of breeds because he's trying to create the perfect being. And so uh, he creates, he ends up, or he ends up, ugh, man, it gets so convoluted. Wait, does he make Bova the cow? Yes, he makes oh, Bova wow. the cow. And he all so but the other thing is is that originally Wanda and Pietro are Magneto's kids, but then you find out that they're actually from Mount Wondergore and that the High Evolutionary had something to do with it. And so there's a whole confusion there on top of that. So the High Evolutionary, I think, is gonna be very adapted from comics to movies. Like this character is going to look and sound or probably yeah look and sound like the high evolutionary but the backstory and the relationship of this character is is going to be much much different in the movie and it looks like we have a guest in the chat saying Heidi ho uh or howdy ho it's alex uh saying that they've arrived thank you so much for arriving thanks alex um, alex yeah, if you're thanks. secretly the high evolutionary please don't dissect me yeah <laughs> well i think okay so going back to the, my point here so I think the I evolution, the, the I, the high evolutionary, uh, I think has going to have an interesting relationship here with, um, in the, in the MCU is going to have a relationship with rocket, obviously. Right. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, also I think the other big thing is maybe Gamora because Thanos, Thanos could have done it himself, but it seems like someone else would have to assist him with it. So maybe Gamora. Um, but yeah, definitely Rocket's one of them. And then I think there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, Peter's DNA heritage. And also, I think that the High Evolutionary is going to play with the, the, the Sovereign in the sense of creating Adam Warlock, the perfect being. Because that's what Adam Warlock's referred to yes. in... Um, and uh, that's what Adam Warlock's referred to in the comics, is he's like the Sovereign's perfect being. So that may also play a really... And I think those are kind of the ties that are going to make the High Evolutionary the antagonist of that movie. That's that's a great point. I totally... I keep forgetting Adam Warlock is going to be in this movie. And I shouldn't, oh, I especially because I just spent like 10 episodes with The Crown, where the girl who played Aisha plays Princess Diana. So you'd think it would be in my brain. Uh, mm -hmm. um, evolutionary making rocket though makes a billion percent sense totally oh, yeah. totally it, it fits it couldn't have fit more perfectly um but until we get there we gotta deal with the fact that christmas has come to space nobody knows what it is but yeah drax and mantis know one thing peter is never happier than when he's talking about kevin bacon Yes, and Kevin Bacon, majority, like, he dominates most of this movie in terms of the story. Like, he's, he's once he's introduced, he's pretty much in it for the rest of the ride. Um, uh, and, like, yeah, just completely dominates the whole thing. I do got to point out something that Alex is saying, though. Rocket will probably freeze in terror when he confronts the High Evolutionary. This man, this is the man that uh, torturously experimented on him, after all. Well, that's what I'm talking about, because there are beats in the first movie especially where um he talks about how he was essentially you know made over and over and over again yeah. uh and also yeah so the first movie really plants a lot of backstory seeds that i think the high evolutionary will explain so yes i think rocket will be stunned and like because like rocket i think the the kind of center of his um emotions in this movie and why he's kind of 
pushing people away. And at the same time, like, cause he's in a, he's a victim, he's a victim and he doesn't want it to be a victim ever again. So he's, he's always the kind of the uh, controller and the, the oppressor because he, you know, again, doesn't want that to happen. And that's why he, he really befriends Groot because Groot is a unique creature. And so he protects Groot from being an experiment himself. Um, so yeah, so that to me is an interesting thing. So yeah, I think Rocket will have a much bigger emotional story. But yes, going back to the story, we go, they go get Kevin Bacon. Um, uh, and yeah, the the Mantis and Drax having fun in there. It's kind of interesting though, because you know, as much as it was fun to see them in Hollywood, I don't know, it just felt so detached. You know what I mean? It just uh, that scene to me was fun, but I, what really picked it up for me and brought me back into the world was when they go to the club with all the money. That to me was like, okay, we're back in this Guardians thing. Let's do this. Um, and Mantis starts drinking and then breathing out like, you know. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's got such a weird physiology. I love when they play with that. Um, yeah. I, I felt the same way. I felt like this is really detached. This is odd. And I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. And I've been there to the Chinese theater. So I was like, I stood where Jackson Mantis does. This is great. Um, but for me, what brought it back to feeling Guardians was actually the home invasion when they're chasing Kevin. And yeah. just the way Mantis scurries up the walls. I'm like, wow, we've never seen her move like this before. But this is right. this makes perfect sense. That's how she would move. She's basically half bug. So I I just hope that that carries on. I hope we get to see more of that. But that to me reminded me like, oh yeah, I'm watching the Guardians and they're strange people. They are, yeah, they are, they are strange people and that's what's kind of the fun of them as well. But yes, but that's my point. Like Mantis really shines in this, in this movie or in this holiday special. And, and it's funny too, because the, the guy who created Mantis didn't like the interpretation they did for Mantis in volume two when she was introduced. Um, he said that he didn't like how kind of aloof the character is. Like Mantis is a really well put together character and she's like a really, she's kind of like an action hero type. Like she's a really good fighter. She's very intuitive because of her, uh, her abilities. But yeah, the, the, the comic book creator said he didn't like how aloof she was, but the same time isabella brought brought up a really good point that like this is you know they don't have enough story to help get mantis up to that speed which this show does a good job of kind of building on to that yeah and when you think of the video game that's a third different kind of mantis because in that video game you had a mantis who was much more capable and competent and way more powerful like her powers yeah. were amplified to the extreme but she was also kind of ditzy and just, you know, her, she was always somewhere else. She's like, oh, wait, have we done this before? I can't remember, but I think you guys died here, right? Like, so <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a totally different interpretation of Mantis, which I thought was a cool, I remember it standing out to me because literally everybody else in that game was beat for beat the way they are in the movies. So yeah. I'm curious if is it Jim Starlin who invented Mantis? I'm curious if he if he yeah found I think that it's Jim Starlin yeah interesting yeah I wonder what he yeah thinks. so so I I kind of like the video game interpretation better because she sees like multiple outcomes and it's all based on like the one little thing that they do there that changes the outcome right um, my I love the scene where they where she has control of Drax. And you're literally, you know, she's just like piggybacking and holding on to him the whole time, which is fun. Uh -huh. um, but this, the going back to the show, which was really fun, or the holiday special, was I liked how she was fighting the cops and she would like block, touch, sleep, right? Like, you know, just like doing this cool like sleep foo kind of thing, which is really fun. <laughs> I really sleep love that. Food. I love yeah. it. But no, like that, I would have loved to have seen that in the movies. Like, where was that? Like, that was so cool. Well, here's um, hoping Guardians Three is like four hours long, and we get plenty of Mantis doing that. Alex is asking now: Do you think Nebula will ever become a pirate, like in the comics? Well, I think, given all the time she's spending around the Reavers and the Guardians, she's pretty much a pirate now. I think that's safe mm -hmm. to say. 
Yeah, I, I honestly, at this point, I think the close, I don't think you'll get, like, here's the thing, like, Alex, you bring up a good point, but, like, you're not going to get the exact replica of Nebula from the comics, but they're pretty close. Like, they're not too far off. You're, I think you're as close as you're ever going to get. She's essentially a space pirate, like, at this point, and she, yeah, like, hanging out with the Reavers is, like, she might as you might as well just call her a pirate at this unless point. we get a movie where she teams up with corsair and the star jammers and then also nightcrawler's mm -hmm. there and it's excalibur and it's but that's such a <laughs> man that is that's just that's just pure fan yeah. fan speculating at that point like i don't even know how you're going to even start hooking that story you can't just because there's two teams in space doesn't mean they're going to run into each other yeah it does they i read it on 4chan <laughs> well no actually it's funny you say that because i remember when and I, we've talked about this before but i remember when um when uh infinity war is coming out and everyone was wondering if the guardians were gonna this was before any trailers but the guardians were gonna run into the avengers and uh <laughs> and the funny thing is is like chris pratt was right man he's like yo i i hope they don't meet because like you know just because they're both in space doesn't mean they're just gonna run into each other which is exactly what happens, but uh... yeah, no, I mean, space is a big place, uh, yeah. and I mean, we had that conversation. In They're the going to run into Nova before they get anywhere close to the Star Jammers at this point. Oh, I'm surprised they have like Nova Prime is still, I think, their friend. Like she respects them, so yeah. I'm shocked they haven't had any dealings with the Nova Corps since then. Yeah, uh, where's Richard Ryder, man? Give us Richard Ryder. Give us Dick Ryder, damn it. <laughs> um so kevin bacon debuts introducing kevin um as the credits put it and i think they played his version of himself pretty well because he comes across like every character from a cheesy holiday special where you know mm -hmm. he's he's against what's happening he's like oh wait what's going on i don't want anything to do with this and then you know he witnesses something Christmassy happening and has the about face and it's cheesy, but it's beautiful where he's like, hold on, somebody's forgotten the meaning of Christmas and I've got to help. Right. It's, it's so, it, I don't want to say derivative because it sounds like I'm insulting this, but it's just, it is the Christmas special formula. It's the recipe. It's the gingerbread in our cookies. And it's why we like this kind of stuff. So I'm glad that it was Kevin who fills that role. And I thought he played off of Mantis and Drax pretty well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, to quickly answer your question there, Alex, yes, Peter's grandfather is very long dead at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're, we're never, yeah, I think in terms of Peter's backstory, we've been given everything we need. They don't, the MCU doesn't have enough time to really deep dive back into that character. And no, I, I don't think they will, I personally, because I think what's going to, I think for Peter at this point, the whole the whole point of actually i think the holiday special does one thing that really kind of completes star lord as a journey which is smart because because really if you think about it um the whole point of the first movie was he wanted he wanted to be recognizable he wanted the notoriety that he is star lord the legendary outlaw right yeah um and as you go through the first movie into the second, you kind of, even into like Infinity War and Endgame, you kind of get a sense that, you know, he's, um, he is, he becomes the legendary outlaw, you know, he, he has the dance off to save the universe. He has, you know, the, uh, uh in the second one, he fights a planet, like, you know, that, uh, galaxy. And then even, um, Oh my God! Uh, even in uh, Infinity War, and that like they've saved the universe, right? So like he's already kind of completed the journey of being this legendary outlaw and still inspiring people, and I think that kind of closes his story off well. I think what what's next is like what is, you know, where what happens to the Guardians from here, right? And I think that's kind of the beauty of it is that we're kind of wrapping up everyone's story. And I think what's going to happen is, is like he needs to patch things up with 
rocket in terms of like you know helping rocket kind of find uh inner peace kind of thing and then you know they'll just be and i think what's going to happen is is kind of like star lord is like the sheriff of nowhere you know what i mean like it's just he's yeah. this legendary legendary outlaw and people and i think you know i wouldn't be surprised if guardians volume three ends with like someone coming up in nowhere and he's like you know the classic sheriff being like hey this is my town buddy you know who i am and it's like oh you're star lord right and have that moment like because essentially that's this this one they all they all said it they they all said it they said it to kevin bacon like he is a legendary person like he's this amazing person and right. so star lords if if we were to go to you know uh, sujith you're gonna be thanking me for this one <laughs> if we go to uh the classic you know um uh you know the goal of a character or like the the full arc of a character if a if the character has an um a hero has an action to complete a life or death goal i would argue that his goal is to be a hero what it means to be a true hero a legendary yes. outlaw and and this show i think this this very episode is the the holiday special in itself wow this is such an epiphany the holiday special is un, in itself is his complete journey is literally him getting exactly what he wanted that's right you're absolutely right he does even to the point where like his hero comes and meets him and uh he he gets that sort of sense of closure, uh, his first taste of something he loved from Earth, especially because mm -hmm. his Walkman's been gone forever. Um, <laughs> yep. if, if Sujith is listening to this, and I know he is, I'm still pulling for him to play Apocalypse in the MCU. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Your He's least favorite Marvel character. <laughs> he can, want, if anybody and can, you want him to play it. If anybody can make Apocalypse worth. Uh, sorry, if anybody can make Apocalypse work, it's that man. He can do it. He can bring Apocalypse to life. Uh, that, yeah, that's why Volume 3 is going to be the Rocket story, because his is yeah. the one that still has not been resolved. How Gamora ends up getting back into it, the fun is going to be in finding out. But I love that this, this little silly adventure of getting Kevin Bacon to come remind Peter about the meaning of Christmas is not a yes the story that we watched the plot is about them trying to get kevin to nowhere so that he can talk to peter but the actual story they're telling is closing this this arc for peter which is for the first time basically since his mom died he has family again real family uh because ego sure you know blood whatever um but Ego wasn't didn't have his best interests, uh, mm -hmm. and Yandu did have his best interests. But you know he's he's a, a different kind of family. He's the family that you choose rather than the family you have. And then Mantis comes along, and she's both. She's someone he chose to be with him as part of his crew, but she's also legitimately family now. And that revelation, and knowing that that revelation was coming, that was so cool to think okay how's he gonna react and it's beautiful it's like oh my god i have a sister like that's so that's exactly what he needed to hear right now yeah ex exactly and and it's yeah so he because again you you know the first movie is really like now that you see the guardian's journey overall the first movie is such a uh, like a roadmap to all the characters like you know like um gamora was trying to run away from everything and you know through the guardian she she is able to uh uh make a difference you know and and you know finally do good and be and be good right um and the other thing is um and bring balance because that's what she learns in infinity war as a kid right the bring everything needs balance right uh and uh rocket you know people have done wrong to him and he feels like he needs to do wrong to others right and, and be be the oppressor and then he he learns through them to care like through Groot right at the end to care 
care for others, but he still kind of struggles with it because he's not willing to fully, you know, put himself out there. Uh, and, and volume two was his struggle with that, his struggle with trying to, you know, and, and that scene with Yondu is a really touching scene, actually. I, I really yeah. find that. Find he that found a great good. kindred spirit with Yondu. Yeah. And, and then he loses Yondu. He loses the one person that truly understood who he was. Yes. Um, and, uh, and then you have, uh, yeah, like you, like, yeah, it's just really just a good old roadmap. Like I would say what's going to be interesting with Gamora's story in volume three is Gamora leaves us in kind of infinity or sorry, in Endgame. She's like, you know, this is the guy. And she's like, well, it's either that or the tree. And what's interesting about that line is through Star-Lord's life goal, which is to be the legendary outlaw, she's going to relearn why he's so important to her. And I think she will eventually come back. And I don't think it will, I don't think there'll be a big scene of like them finally being romantically together or anything. But I think like the last possible scene will be her coming back and just literally giving him that look like, I know who you are. Mm. and that's like mm, right uh and like warlock though warlock i'm kind of curious as to uh as to how his story is going to build out but i'm very excited for it i think that's where the real magic is going to take place for me uh but yeah like going back alex to what you're saying in terms of his family uh like relatives and stuff i think his earth family they're they're like he was what like eight between four and eight when like he was picked up yeah he was i think he was somewhere between eight and ten so yeah and i and you get the sense in that family that and this could just be me reading into it but i got the sense that he didn't really care for anybody except his mom in that room yeah because he didn't rush and hug anybody you know it was just like mom's gone i ran out so yeah i don't think we're seeing them again uh now groot let's talk about groot because the Groot, super jacked, the super buff Groot. Yeah. Groot is looking more and more like Vin Diesel every day. Uh, yeah. To the point where, Ryan, I'm pretty sure in volume three, it's just going to be Vin Diesel on screen and they don't even <laughs> need to use CGI. He's yeah. just going to be running around with the Groot. And I'm pretty sure that suit, that was a suit. Like, that, I don't think he did. they did that much CGI for Groot in this one. Wow. So you're saying, I am suit. I I actually am saying I am suit because mm. uh because just like the weird build like he was a really bulky for for being Groot. He was uh, big. And, and, and uh and like even in even in um Endgame and even in uh, Infinity War like he was a really scrawny. Like he was really skinny. Even Love and Thunder, I'd have to go back to Love and Thunder, but even Love and Thunder, I'm, I'm still, he was still pretty lanky. I think he was still skinny teen Groot in Love and Thunder, yeah. So yeah. between then and when they bought Nowhere, he has been lifting things. <laughs> wow. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I just found it funny. The new design of Groot was, was very yeah. strange and it took some getting used to, but he has a Game Boy now. That's true, but to be fair, uh, to be fair though, in the comics, Groot does like he gets destroyed a lot, like he gets blown to bits, and then like one little twig survives, then it turns into a new Groot. But during those times, more often, sorry, there are times where he's kind of changed shape when he when he uh, regenerates. So okay. it is. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it just. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a budget thing or what it was, but like it, I just felt like that was a Groot suit as opposed to yeah. a CG. Groot suit riot. Groot suit riot. Yeah. That should have been in the soundtrack for the all that oh, special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so they bring Kevin Bacon back, and I love I. But I again speaking to the humor of this show. The humor was so on point. There's a lot of fun subverting expectations which is kind of like the key to comedy where yes. like like he's presented with the kevin bacon moment and the what's funny about it is like i was half expecting him to do the footloose routine to kind of really just like awaken this like childhood joy 
And that is not what happened at all. And I love that it turns into you abducted him. <laughs> like you kidnapped him. That kind of thing. So that was really funny. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't even considering the footloose thing, but that is something that would have been on everybody's mind. And the fact mm -hmm. that they didn't do that, that shows some restraint. Um, in terms of the comedy here, I mean, the Guardians movies are giant, massive adventures, huge budget, huge scale. And obviously when you're doing, when you're taking that world and those characters and putting them in a 40 minute Christmas special, things are going to get sacrificed. But yeah. thankfully the comedy was not sacrificed at all. They are still, no. they're on top of their game. In fact, to the point where I was like wheezing, laughing, when everything is fine and Kevin leaves and Nebula just smiles and says, I guess not all actors are giant pieces of shit. Uh, it's <laughs> just the way she delivered, like it, it's just, they did not miss a beat with the comedy, which means we're in good hands, even though pulling three is supposed to be way darker and more serious. Uh, yeah. Then I know you don't like the word darker and I'm just paraphrasing. That's not what they said, but it is going to be a much sadder and more emotional ride than the other ones have. Uh, but it's nice to know that they haven't lost their touch and we're still getting these really funny characters because that's well, it, what, how we fell in love with them in the first place. Yeah, I think I think Guardians will still have... I, I agree with you that maybe overarching, like the overarching story will be dark and sad, but you'll still have like a lot of gem moments. I agree with you, Nebula. Nebula. <laughs> Even the scene with, with Mantis and Drax in the ship and they figure out he's an actor... I thought that was so funny. I was that was another laugh out loud moment. But the humor is very well done in this, um, and uh, yeah, like, but yeah, like the humor is all about subverting expectations. It's just it's you're they're setting you up one way and they hit you with another just as quickly, um, and it's it's just kind of always keeping you on your feet that way. But yeah, I just that last song, oh, just did not do anything for me and it just it <laughs> kind of felt too disney -y, you know what i mean like it just uh, uh. Maybe, maybe some of the disney people wrote it i don't know because i mean we know james gunn is a talented guy but is he a songwriter i don't know i'm assuming that in the beginning that band wrote that song uh yeah because they're a band uh as for the kevin bacon song who knows so maybe you're right maybe it is disney who cobbled that together um, I like what Alex is saying here. I love, he says, I love a, a Spider-Man Halloween TV special where they adapt the six-arm saga and he becomes Man-Spider. Um, I would love, if Punisher hunted him down, I would be all over it. And you can't have Spider-Man Halloween without the Hobgoblin, I'm just saying. So anything that gets us closer to having the Hobgoblin on the big screen or on the small screen, whatever, just in live action, I am there. I am there. In fact, um, Ryan, if you if you could make one MCU holiday special, what would you make? It's a fun thought experiment. Oh my god! Um, it can be Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter, summer, Thanksgiving. You got your pick of the litter. Huh. I would do I would do a Valentine Valentine's Day one, mm -hmm. and I would have, but like that's the thing like char certain characters and stories would have to be set up for in order for it to work. Yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, I would do that and like, like have either Enchantress or like even if you do like X Men for example, have like Rogue mess with Gambit and then like Gambit thinks it's serious this time. It gets knocked out and then something bad's really coming like that kind of stuff but like i don't know i really holiday specials are are tricky for me like i i uh if i were to ever do one it would it would feel it would feel like the the star wars holiday special in terms of just like how awkward and and, and you know no non-cohesive it is and all the actors would be drunk on the on the scene <laughs> I like the idea of a Valentine's special, though. That's cool. That's that's something that we don't have yet, so it's always mm -hmm. nice to throw one of those in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of choices. I feel like what I I would go with something like I don't know if there's a Marvel villain who's either 
if their their powers revolve either around fire or ice. Mm. Is there a Marvel villain like that who's either all about like making lots of fire or making lots of cold like Mr. Freeze? Uh oh yeah, I'm sure there is. Um I'm trying to think of who I'm trying to think of who now. Because I'm like I'm thinking ice, I think Iceman, I think fire, I think Firestar. Um or Pyro, maybe Pyro. Pyro, yeah, Pyro's a good one. But one that does both, uh, it's not coming to me right now. So I think what I would do. Okay, never never mind that villain thing then. No. Yeah, never yeah. mind that villain. This is exactly what I would do. I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. This is dumb of me. All right. Because honestly, I've said this a million times. I could watch that party scene in Age of Ultron just like over and over again. Oh yeah, that is so good. So it's a an hour-long special where it's just the Avengers having a Christmas party in New York. A big Willie Fisk is up to no good and he's ruining Christmas somehow because he's the Grinch. And the Avengers gotta help not have Christmas be ruined by, I don't know, giving toys to people or beating up thugs that he sends or something. Maybe he's got guys out just as Santa Claus and they're like stealing or something. I don't know. Maybe they're driving an armored car around and the Avengers are just trying to have their party and big Willie is stepping on their toes. Yeah. Right? You know, well, I mean, see, like, seeing Yelena fair, kick like, back with some eggnog. To be fair, like, Hawkeye is a holiday special. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It, 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 absolutely, it is. Like, you know, that kind of thing for sure. Yeah, so that could, I mean, that could count. That could count. Mm. So, but, uh, yeah, that's what I would do. So that you have the whole Avengers having a Christmas party, dancing and drinking eggnog. It's all cozy. Maybe everybody's got uh, a sweater, um, like a Christmas sweater. But so when they have to go do their superheroing, they're putting their superhero costumes on, but it's chilly out. So they put their sweaters on over their costumes. And their sweaters yeah. are all kind of themed, right? Like, like um, I don't know, Falcon's got a sweater with like birds on it and stuff. So it, it all fits. And then like you could make toys of those. Uh, Big Willie's got like a big white fur coat. Just, all right, it's happening. I'm writing this. <laughs> see, no, see, if you're going to do that, this is how I would do. do I, I love what you're saying. I, I would just adapt it slightly. Okay. Where I would make it themed after Die Hard. And they're in, they're trying to get out. They're trying to finish this mission in time to get to their Avengers Christmas party. But they little little do they know they're infiltrating Fisk Tower, and then it all closes down. They have to get out, and it's all like Die Hard style. It's just so that would be there. You go. That's the holiday special I would watch. That's it. It's two hours long. The first half is the Die Hard. The second half is just the party. Yeah. <laughs> there. That's it. Right. And it's and then like like uh one of the one of the avengers one of the least favorite avengers is like at the party waiting for everybody to arrive but they're all stuck in the fist tower ah. <laughs> and they're calling they're calling him being like oh yeah we'll get out we'll get there <laughs> like they would probably yeah, I was just gonna say, they would do that to ant-man they'd, they'd snub him and be like hey uh you guys you told me the right address right just, <laughs> yeah. standing there waiting uh, you know it's me ant-man you know ant-man uh-huh yeah Alex is saying, uh, yeah, we'd love uh, six arm um, six arm saga. It becomes Spider-Man. Plus, it's a way for them to reemphasize his powers while downplaying his, the gadgets. Uh, and that said, I would love them to introduce Spider Tracers uh, homemade, of course. Homecoming had Spider Tracers. Yeah, they looked like the cartoon too. Yeah, the, the little little spider feet. Um, that uh, that that holiday idea, man. That is this is great. We're making it happen. So, Ryan, any final thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special before we give it a stone rating? Uh, I, I like that it exists, and I thought the story was extremely funny. The music really hurt my experience overall. Like, it, it, it was just like, it kind of made it too cheesy. Like, it just kind of, there is a line, and they kind of crossed it with the music. But, uh, yeah, I, I think overall there's some fun little things in there that's really interesting. Reintroducing Cosmo, giving Cosmo a voice, which was really huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Alex, yeah, go back to Homecoming, man. Uh, the whole reason he goes to uh, 
Washington is because he uses his spider tracer to follow the, the goons back to the hideout. <laughs> you don't see the spider tracer too long, though, because he, he shoots it hanging under the, the construction table. And he shoots it at the guy's shoe, and it crawls up his shoe. Right, when Shocker walks into the, the shop yeah. class there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, overall, I think it was great. I think I think I, what I love about Marvel is that they are doing these kind of special events because they are they are really fascinating. I like that they're a very isolated, focused story that can you know can be used as a tool to introduce, get people caught up. Like there's clever ways you can use them to to do cool things with. But overall, yeah, I just it was kind of a bit too corny with the music, but I had a lot of fun with the story and the and the comedy was really good. Yeah, yeah. None, neither of these specials have felt like a waste. Yes, they are isolated. Yes, they are small. Yes, they are uh, in the grand scheme of things pretty. At least this one, at least, was really low stakes. Where we'll find out, you could argue there were much higher stakes there, but they are still furthering the story yes um and i think that is what i like most about them and that's what i want them to keep sticking to if they keep doing more of these is every marvel movie and show is another step on the journey that is whatever this grand story is being told and that's great uh but if you make something that's just a detour that is a sidestep then it's like you know you could have done that in a way where it wasn't a sidestep and thankfully both of these move forward. Uh, yeah. And I like that about them. Uh, I think in terms of the stone rating from zero stones to an infinity gauntlet or even two infinity gauntlets, because now that's a thing. Ryan went there. Uh, I have decided to give it 4.5 stones. Because I feel I'd like, give it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I feel like there's nothing inherently bad about the holiday special. Um, it does exactly what it sets out to do, which is tell a fun little side story with the guardians um, and give us laughs and give us big emotional payoff, which is what every guardians movie has done so far. Uh, mm. The the music does make it suffer a bit. The low stakes makes it suffer a bit. The short length makes it suffer a bit, but it's nothing that would ever deter me from recommending it to anybody. So I think 4.5, nice little place for it to live. Yes. I would I would give it probably just four. I wouldn't give it a 4.5. I'd probably just give it four. Oh, you monster! <laughs> no, I, I think four is just a well-rounded number. Again, yeah. it's it didn't hurt anything overall. Like it didn't hurt it. It didn't it was it was good. It was fun. Um it was cheesy. But yeah, overall, like that, I, that's all I can really say. It was good. It was fun. Didn't really hurt anything, and it was just, it was fun to try something different. That's that's what I think is really something of the big takeaway of this. It's fun to try something different, and I think these, I think these special presentations can can have a big effect later on, uh, once they kind of get it. Because like you look at Werewolf by Night, imagine, you know, thousands of those, like thousands of like little shows like that that like you know add add a little extra something to it. Uh, like, like for example, like if you look at, let me get it here. What do we got? What do we got? What's going on? Oh, oh are those the cards? If you look at all these characters, people who are just so... listening to the audio, I'm so sorry, you're missing out on some sexy trading cards. Yeah. yeah, so if if you uh, look at all these cards, there are so many characters that are so popular uh, from the 90s and the even like later on that don't have a story like and like for example you can do a special presentation on a dark hawk like this guy is a pretty crazy character if you actually read him in the comics so there's so much you can do heck you could probably do a special presentation on hercules and then see where that goes right so that is something i would uh like to see so i i think again there's nothing wrong with this one i i mean i just thought the music was a little too corny guys what ryan is really saying is he hates christmas and he hates all of you that's the subtext here yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no i i think and it's funny because we've, we've gotten two of these you think there'd be a baseline by now but i feel like i need a couple more of these specials under my belt 
because right now we have one special that introduces all new characters and all new concepts and another special that deals with characters we already know. And I feel like if we get a few more, we can gauge which of the two is better suited for this medium. You know what I mean? Is it better to use the specials to set up new stuff or is it better to just use them for fun adventures with people we already know that also moves their stories forward? Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, so I want to know which of them this medium is cut out for and we need a few more before we can really put a button on that, which is why if I if you want to get going on that diehard idea that Ryan and I had, you know who to call. And that, that the answer is the writers. You don't bother calling us because we already get drafted for you. There you go. Call Vincent D'Onofrio is who you have to call. It's the yeah. right answer. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, well, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is behind us, which means Ryan, phase four is finally behind us. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I said finally. That's, that's not what I meant. But phase four is behind us, which means we're this much closer to the Morbius spinoff that we all knew was happening. Morbius 2, it's Morbin time, starring Tom Holland. I'm just going to say, <laughs> first of all, no, first of all, uh, I do want to say, though, that phase four was a bit of an experimental phase. They tried radically new things. Mm -hmm. uh some some are really great some were not so much um but uh but overall yeah we're past phase four man we did it we're now on to we're, we're gonna be going on to some pretty crazy stuff uh i think phase four was a, a good way to just test the waters a little bit by trying to really do some radical things and now we got some really crazy stories coming up that i cannot wait uh we got ant-man coming up in february which is gonna be Yes, so sir. Did you see the Modoc toy? I did. I did yeah. see the Modoc. They did improve his design a little bit, but overall, people are still pretty upset. <laughs> I'll reserve my because Funkos. You can't really gauge anything from a Funko. They're they're chibi paperweights for God's sake. It's so hard to do. So I'm just I'm reserving my judgment for when I see the movie. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, we got Phase Four to look forward to. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, sorry, Phase Five to look forward to. But something you all listening can look forward to is we here at infinity rewatch have our own holiday special coming up within the next couple weeks i don't know an exact date of when it's going to drop but we are as shocked as you are oh my god this is our shark face uh we're doing our top five moments from phase four um but when i say top five i actually mean 10 things because ryan will have his top five and i will have my top five so you're getting 10 things for the price of one and the price of one is free because we don't charge you anything for these episodes you're welcome um, I'm excited. I finally finished my top five list actually today, Ryan, because I was thinking like, what is, because now that I have seen Guardians holiday special and all of phase four is behind me, I can kind of think back and be like, okay, what was my full top five? And I've, I've got it. I've, I'm pretty confident that I've nailed it down. How far along are you? Have you gotten yours? I have three. I have three out of five right now. You have three out of five. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Actually, now, no, no, it's definitely four out of five. I just remembered. I just remembered what I really wanted to talk about. So, I wonder if we'll have any crossovers. I think we're going to have one crossover. Is that your bet? Yeah, I'm going to say one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might. I think we may have two. I think we may have two at least. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, I, but there are some big moments for me, and it's surprisingly enough, like if you look at Phase Four, there are some like when you think of moments, there are some big moments. There really are, uh, and I mean, we had a really eclectic mix of movies. No two movies felt the same, so it's going to be interesting. And then, of course, the shows. So it's going to be interesting uh, seeing where our like favorite moments ended up falling. Um, I think I had, uh, well, that this is a spoiler. I'm not going to say this, but I, I was trying to, I was about to say whether more of them were from shows or from movies. Um, but uh, no, I might there, give it away too much. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was a healthy mix. Let's say that there was a healthy, healthy mix. So look forward to that. That should be coming up in the coming weeks. And then, of course, uh, on New Year's Day, I believe, we will do our second annual ranking Marvel, which means we rank every movie in one list and every show and special 
in another. Spoilers. Eternals is number four. <laughs> On your list, maybe. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's his favorite movie. Actually, I just, uh, number one, I just put Attack of the Clones for everything. So that's, <laughs> that's my favorite Marvel movie. Anyway, Ryan and Alex and everybody else listening and watching, thank you so much for tuning in. Ryan, where can the people find you when you're not kicking butt on Marvel Snap? Uh, well, uh, as of right now, I'm really pushing hard on making wonderful YouTube videos for my work channel. So that's probably where you're going to find me the most. I do appreciate if you do leave a comment and click on like and subscribe. That would be great. And even make sure you do the same for this channel, Digital Charcuterie, given the love and making sure to click on that like and subscribe there. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on youtube.com forward slash expert zone. We're making a ton of videos on that platform. So just make sure you give a like and subscribe. Uh, and then on top of that, you can also find me on Instagram at Ryan J. Whitehead uh, and uh, Twitter. I'm not sure I'm going to be using that anymore. <laughs> we'll see. So for now, just if you find me on Instagram, uh, but you can also find me on uh, on that uh, Expert Zone YouTube channel. And you can find me also maybe on Twitter, but not entirely sure, and on Instagram at Andrew Fantasia. And then you can find me right here in my own home um, trying desperately to figure out if there's going to be a Marvel United core box three because we really need a third season because there's so many characters they haven't given us in that game and i want more i just want more Ryan. i don't want to be so good i need I, I, need, I need another board game night man that's what i need yes that needs to happen um but until that happens i hope you and everyone else has a happy thanksgiving and a marvelous day <laughs>